Next on BYU Sports Nation, snap into the Slim Jim and win. BYU basketball pulls off the biggest comeback of the season. Did the Cougars just wrap up the second seed in the WCC? TJ Haas drops a career-high 35, but wasn't the most clutch performance of the year. And BYU officially has a new offensive line coach. Why is Jeff Mateos the right guy for the job? Mr. Grimes will tell us. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, February 15th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton. Teamed up with Ron Burgundy's historian, Jerem Jordan. Well, he does have a new podcast, which I'm interested to hear. What? Well. It's not going to be as good as the movie, but yeah. Ron Burgundy has a podcast? Yeah, it's, is it out? It's coming out soon? Something like that. I know you wore your sweater. I got to wear my hockey sweater as well. Got to rep. We're going to talk to Ash and Shimbashi later in the program. BYU hockey playing Weber State tonight. They're headed to the playoffs. They're conference champs. We got to rep the Y on a Friday, man. Absolutely. And you're repping the uh, Batcats jersey. It's, it's a season opener. It's a winning Friday and a season, season opener. opener for the Batcats. Jason Shepard's in uh, Tempe. Jason, I hope your $10 Valentine's Day gift worked out for you, man. Good luck on the call today. And good luck with other bigger things. <laughs> yeah, you got bigger issues than, that, than uh, the baseball game. Here's Northwestern. Let's go. Here's today's show line of BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes tells us why Eric Mateos, not Jeff, Eric, don't call me Jeff, Mateos, is the guy to lead BYU's offensive line in 15 minutes. BYU basketball gets a huge win last night. But did either of us in Studio B... Get any one of our and one picks right. We'll recap in 30 minutes. I know. (laughs) Really, I don't care. I I don't care. BYU hockey wins the championship. (laughs) Jerem's repping the BYU hockey jersey today, and they're not done yet. Captain Ashton Shimbashi joins us in 40 minutes to tell us what's next for the Ice Cats. It's a Friday. We're feeling good. This is how we do it, and we go to headlines. In San Diego, BYU men's basketball overcoming a 14-point second-half deficit to beat the Toreros, 88-82. T.J. Haas scores a career-high 35 points on 11 of 18 shooting, including this fantastic scoop at the hoop. Need a make. McKay straight away, T.J. T.J. drives, cuffs it, scoops it, and scores it! Underhand lay-in from the right side! Cougars by 4, 84 to 80, 110 to go. Wow. In overtime, no less. The first game this season, BYU has won, in which it trailed with five minutes remaining. Which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's win over San Diego is the first Ken Palm Tier A win of the season. BYU was previously 0-6. So that's a big win. The only one, and it's going to be the only one uh, in the regular season, probably, unless BYU beats Gonzaga in Spokane. You beat a good team on the road? Nice. Qualifies as an A win. BYU plays against LMU, who put up a good fight against Gonzaga, but does what all teams do against Gonzaga, and that is lose. In the end. Yeah, I tuned in (laughs) when it was a two-point game. They lost by 13. It's like Saturday matinee against... BYU tomorrow for the Lions of LMU for Eastern 2 Mountain Time. Pre-game at 3, I'm uh, hosting that, so I'm excited to uh, do that. 
After a football scoop report Wednesday, BYU officially announced Eric Mateos as the new offensive line coach yesterday. Mateos spent the last two seasons as the O-line coach at Texas State. LSU as the tight ends coach in 2016 with Jeff Grimes. And then he was at Arkansas as well from 2013 through 15. So BYU gets a guy from the SEC. Number eight ranked BYU men's volleyball sweeping Concordia 32-30 in set one. Mm-hmm. 25-18, 25-13. They took control last night in the Smithfield house in their first match back home after a six-match road trip. Gabi Garcia-Fernandez totaled 14 kills, giving him his fifth consecutive match in double figures. Cougars host number 14 USC tomorrow at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. That match will be broadcast on BYU TV. I'm excited for double duty. It's good. My wife said, so I'm not going to see you Saturday? I said, no. The number 20, Jim Katz, hosts number 10, Boise State, in the Smithfield House tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV in the app. Your boy, Spencer Linton, on the call. Probably not in his baseball jersey. Broncos are the seventh-ranked beam team. If it were something that the third floor, the brass, was okay with, I'd be happy to call the match in my baseball Sitting jersey. Sitting in a jersey. <laughs> I want you in a leotard. Uh, nope. Won't do that, though. How about a singlet? Mm. No? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> On the show? I'm saving everybody the pain <laughs> and awkwardness of that. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Staying classy in San Diego. Down 53-39 midway through the second half. BYU men's basketball, according to ESPN.com, had less than a 5% win probability. Probable this. BYU beats the Toreros in overtime. Jerem, did BYU just clinch second place in the West Coast Conference regular season? It sure feels like... It's really close. Okay, I, I don't think they did. It's almost, though. Let's talk about it. BYU's 9-3 and three up, one and a half games on USF and, and St. Mary's with four games to go. This is a great spot to be in. BYU plays at LMU, San Francisco at home, at Gonzaga, San Diego at home, okay? I expect BYU to go 3-1 and one in those games, losing to Gonzaga, winning the other three, okay? Finishing 12-4 and four in league play. If that happens, and that's... Basically, realistic, best-case scenario, USF and St. Mary's would have to finish West Coast Conference play with five straight wins to tie BYU. Let's break it down. USF at BYU left on the schedule. So that's going to be a huge game, right? No more Gonzaga-St. Mary's for the Dons. St. Mary's has Gonzaga left on the schedule. So that is a loss, right? So I don't think St. Mary's is in the mix. It's down to BYU and San Francisco. And to me, the head-to-head winner there likely is the two-seed. Uh, and to me, last night, by the way, was the most unexpected win of the season for BYU. I did not expect them to win that. They were dogs. They're trailing by 14. What a gritty, gutty, awesome comeback. Utah State and St. Mary's at home, were at home. Those were get-up games. Okay, This was a game BYU was not expected to win, but got it done. BYU needs to take care of business against LMU. But yes. even if they don't, because they beat San Diego last night and got the road split that we were all calling for, they could actually slip up tomorrow night and still be in position to take that number two seed because San Francisco's on the schedule and BYU's got them in trouble. And that However, would be your tie-breaking game. Yes. Because both are going to lose to Gonzaga, both, right? And then it'd be down to that, the head-to-head. So... It would be nice, however, not to have to add that much more pressure to a San Francisco game 
by beating LMU. And You're right going to have now, to win it regardless. It is a 50-50 game between BYU and LMU. So, no, they haven't clinched second place quite yet. But beating the Toreros on the road is a huge confidence booster, which is why I don't think BYU is going to lose to LMU. I don't either, and I think LMU is going to have an emotional letdown post-Gonzaga. It was a packed Gersten Pavilion. LMU played a tremendous game until the last five minutes, and that's when Gonzaga gets you, right? Uh, if, even if you're in the game, unless you're Tennessee or North Carolina, who are fantastic top ten teams, right? Uh, BYU is in position to get the two-seed. And rewind back to when BYU was 8-7 and seven after non-conference play, 0-5 on the road, giving up like 9,000 points a game. Here they are sitting 9-3 and three in second place by a game and a half. The improvement, the coaching, the development of the players, tremendous performance from BYU basketball. Consider this. Play. All of those great teams with Kyle Collinsworth and Tyler Hawes, Chase Fisher. They, I don't think BYU's had a single great team in the West Coast Conference. Like, great? No. Well, really good NCAA tournament. Okay, really good. There's been a couple NCAA tournament teams. Yeah. Okay, there have been some NCAA tournament teams. Okay, so those tournament teams that were in the West Coast Conference, only one has gone nine and three through the first twelve games. Well, that and that was in the first season since BYU joined the WCC. It has everything to do with the non-Saint Zaga games. We will discuss that in a moment. In the win last night, TJ Haas career high thirty-five, passed his dad in points at BYU. Awesome, right? Mm-hmm. We all pass our dad at some point, but not necessarily in points. Did TJ Haas just deliver BYU's most clutch performance of the season? Yes, unequivocally, yes. TJ Haas had a career game in a massive scenario. It's one thing to go for thirty-five. But to do it on the road at San Diego and be clutch in overtime. So it's not just that he scored 35, but it's how he got to 35. He likes Southern California. He did. Uh, he had 30-plus at Pepperdine. He just kept making good spot. enormous shots. Big three in the corner. That scoop that we showed you at the top scoop of the broadcast coming down. Ridiculous. He loses the ball and then gathers it on the way up and throws it off the glass to put BYU back up by four with just over a minute to play in overtime. Big free throws. I mean, he hit the jumper to put BYU back up by one just inside the three-point line. He had five or six huge pressure-packed shots that he knocked down to help him get to that 35, and I love so much that he still distributed the ball. He had seven assists on top of the 35 points. This was his clutch performance of the season. Yeah, his usage rate is really high, and uh, he's got the ball in his hand a lot. Josh Hardnett's out. And we've seen the development and the growth of T.J. Haas. BYU's figured out a way to play good ball without Josh Year, who was your starting point guard and was the primary ball handler for a long time, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Given the context of the game, the pursuit of second, being on the road, beating a team that had beaten you three of the last four on that court, new career high, passing your dad, winning an OT, winning on the road, all of that, absolutely. There have been a lot of really clutch Good individual performances this year. None better than T.J. Haas last night. San Diego was 11-1 and at home Yep, until last night. They're really good. They defend at home court. They defend well. Uh, they kind of slow the game down. BYU did what they needed to do. And don't forget Yoli Childs. Like, how many times does a 27-12 and get overlooked? I mean, the fact that Yoli Childs is continuing to perform at this high level and we barely mentioned him in the first 12 minutes of the show – Tells you how good Yoli is. 27 and 12 from Yoli was awesome. Okay. 10 points from McKay Cannon. Oh, my huge. Who, who, his volume's not high, but his efficiency is crazy high. His defense was nails. Nick Emery's 
hit some big shots. His defense was really good late, causing turnovers. Yes. And TJ Haas has all of a sudden become a guy that draws a bunch of charges. That's become like a thing with him and the coaches this season. Hey, I'm drawing more charges. And, and late in the game, clutch. I mean, BYU, a tremendous comeback. They tried to lose the game by missing free throws and then allowed a layup at the near buzzer. Like, what, what was that? But BYU got it done, took care of business. I'm happy. BYU 9-3 and three through 12 West Coast Conference games for just the second time since joining the WCC back in the 2011-2012 season. We have come up with a term here on BYU Sports Nation called St. Zaga and non-St. Zaga. However, the emergence of San Francisco may require that we change this a little bit. I've got so, a name. Jerem, will BYU avoid the updated version of the non-St. Zaga loss? Yes, we have to throw San Francisco in. So okay. here's, here's my thing. Okay. St. Fran Zaga. Okay. okay. Will Saint... they avoid the Saint Fr- non-St. Fran Zaga loss? Uh, I think they will. Wow. So far, BYU's 8-0 in these games. If you take St. Saint... San Francisco out, and you put them in with St. Mary's and, and Gonzaga here, heretofore known as non St. Franzaga games, right? <laughs> so add LMU and then San Diego at home. I think BYU wins those two, and they go 10 and 0 in non St. Franzaga games. That's a mouthful. Games. <laughs> Are we serious that BYU could go 12 and 4 in conference on the road and I think finish it, with a winning record I, on the road in conference? I, I think so. If they beat LMU tomorrow, that is a guarantee because yeah. they would be 5-3 and three with the game at Gonzaga pending, but it doesn't matter what happens. They would have a winning road record. And perhaps it took a brutal non-conference to prepare BYU for conference play. Maybe that's what it took. Maybe that's what the cost was. And the cost was us thinking this might not even be an NIT team. But they overcame that, and they've been good. And it's not over, but what BYU's done is put themselves in a non-NIT position into the NIT. BYU's going to the NIT at this point. They're going to win the 20 games. Uh, they're going to be top four in the league, which we wouldn't, weren't surprised at, but they're probably going to be the two seed. It's been great to see BYU develop and improve. That's what you want. You want to get better, no matter what you're talking about in your life. First road team to win an overtime game this season in the West Coast Conference, and I just kept thinking, okay, there has to be something that they learned against Illinois State and UNLV that will allow BYU to win this game. Give T.J. Haas the ball. And he delivered. That's what it seems like, right? The Ginger Mamba with a comeback performance for the season ages. One oh, of, my goodness. One of the best things, this sounds bad, but just hear me out. One of the best things that's happened to T.J. Haas this year was Josh Hardnett getting hurt. You never want a guy to get hurt. Don't get me wrong. But it's developed T.J. Haas in that way. I hope that Jaron Hall has a similar spring ball practice situation with the injury to Zach Wilson. You don't want Wilson to be hurt, but I hope that Jaron Hall develops more. We'll talk to Jeff Grimes coming up. Is that in the cards? Does he think that could be a positive for Jaron Hall? Big time Friday show following three wins by BYU teams last night, men's and women's basketball and BYU men's volleyball. Our question of the day. Focusing on men's basketball, what impressed you the most about BYU's win at San Diego? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Laser Sheep chimes in on Twitter. I was impressed with the energy BYU had in the several comeback stretches. Their stops on defense fed their drive to get back in the game. Very pleased that overtime went the way it did. I see a difference with this team when it comes to closing games out. Well, there's no greater difference than winning a close game, which BYU had not done when they had trailed with under five minutes to play. Absolutely. 
And it was great to see BYU win on the road. This was a terrible road team earlier in the season. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Why was Eric Mateos the right guy for the BYU offensive line? BYU football offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joins us next. He'll tell us why exactly he wanted Mateos to fill that critical spot in his staff. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, the 20th-ranked BYU gymnastics team hosts 10th-ranked Boise State. What a matchup in a meet-to-decide top dog in the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference. Watch it on BYU TV and the app. Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play continues. This is how we do it on a Friday. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is Jersey Day. Yeah. This is a sweater in hockey, just to be clear. Yes, and it was an actual knit sweater way back when. I learned this about. That's why they call it a sweater. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. So you still dude, can your call boy it a jersey. BYU hockey back in the day. You still can call it a jersey, but if you if you're in the know, yeah, you if, go you know, if you know, if you know, you know, sweater. Oh, by the way, shout out to uh, all the uh, families with missionaries. The church just announced that on preparation day, you can phone call and video chat now. Game changer. Awesome. Congratulations. That's great. I did not. I went on a mission way too early. Way too early. (laughs) Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch the show at BYUSN.com. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is a show regular over the past two weeks. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Coach, uh, I think that we're ready to give you a designated chair and a parking spot outside the broadcasting facility if you're okay with that. I think it's about time. We should just have the grimy corner and I got my little spot and you guys just hold the spot for me weekly. I love it. Okay, the grimy corner. And speaking of uh, grimy things, I love that you post on social media when you have man days with, with your sons. What's, what started this social media revolution for the Grimes men and uh, going out and doing things together? Well, you know, the, the first one uh, – my wife went to my youngest daughter's volleyball tournament. And so the girls, my oldest daughter's off away at college. And so they were, they were all gone. And so I said, okay, let's just go do guy stuff today, which is not unusual for us, but I just thought, Hey, I'll post, post some uh, kind of real men things and, and uh, make it kind of fun. And my boys got into it and enjoyed it. So Maybe it'll be uh, maybe it'll be a thing. <laughs> what, what's the next activity? Because it included uh, shopping, uh, holding doors for ladies, watching a movies, garage. yeah, country music. Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of the intrigue is that you don't know what's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> you are a true offensive coordinator, coach. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to keep something keep something unknown in your back pocket. You know? Exactly. Hey, do you have all the offense installed? No, we don't have it all installed. There's more to come. Exactly. I love it. Great stuff. So offensive line coach Eric Mateos is the new guy officially announced yesterday. He's a Grimes guy. Uh, why was he the right guy for this position right now? Well, let me just say how excited I am to have him. Um, you know, I think I think the why uh, more than anything is his personality. He is a real upbeat, positive guy. Um, not to say that he can't he can't push players' buttons and ride them really hard and, and be demanding. He is all those things, but he has a real forte, I think, for building confidence and. Um, you know, I just think with our group right now, um, although we do have some experience coming back, we're still a young group. I mean, we've got we've got three or four guys coming back that have started for a year, 
but that's the most still. And then we've got some guys who will be playing who have played little or who haven't really played at all. And I still think we're a relatively young group, and we need somebody, I think, who can come in and help them build that confidence and that swagger and that toughness that we want to really lead our offense. And I, I think he's just the guy for the job in that regard. As well as that, he's he's really, really smart, um, wise beyond his years. Um, you know, I got him from, from Arkansas. He had been – so when Ryan was my GA at LSU, he left, and I thought there was nobody who could take his place and do it just as well. And Sam Pittman, who's the line coach at Georgia now, um, was the line coach at Arkansas then, and I have a lot of respect for him. And he called me about Eric and sold me on him, and then Eric and I had a couple of phone conversations. And, you know, he was working under what I considered to be a really good system at the time. Um, he had worked um, – under Jim Chaney and Dan Enos, a couple of really good offensive coordinators, as well as Sam. He had been a junior college coach for a year, and he was just looking for a new a new gig and came came and worked for me at, uh, for a year at LSU, and that was the year that LSU, that LSU chose to fire Les Miles in the middle of the season. So he actually took over tight end coaching duties um, mid-season, and I saw their play dramatically increase. So he's helped me with the line. I've watched his line play over the last two years at Texas State he's he's done a great job and so I'm just I'm really thrilled to have him what was his reception like when you first approached him about the open job at BYU well he was he like a lot of guys is that was out of a job his head coach at Texas State had gotten fired and so he was looking um he'd have been glad to come regardless I think because he and I like Ryan and I have a really good relationship and um, I think he, he'd have been really excited about the opportunity regardless. But when you have an opening on your staff, you realize how many coaches are out there that are out of work or who are looking to make a change. It's amazing how many calls I got from so many different people. And I had I, I had guys with O-line coaching experience in the Pac-12 and the Big 12, NFL experience, um, just a lot of guys that were – that had really, really nice resumes um, approach me and be interested in this job. And, and I talked to several of them, but through the course of uh, the last couple of weeks, just really decided that, uh, that Eric was the best guy for the job. I read that he offered Zion Williamson, the Duke uh, basketball player, who will be the number one pick in the NBA draft, a football scholarship at LSU as a tight end. He's going to shoot his shot apparently, right? I like that. <laughs> yeah. He, he was sitting in my office one day. He goes, Hey, I think I'm going to offer this Zion kid. I said, I don't even know who you're talking about. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty laser focused during the season. I, I don't, I don't really even know what's going on with the NFL, much less college basketball or any other sport that exists. Um, and he said, he's like this freak show. That's the best basketball player. He's like the next LeBron. And I said, and so you're going to do what? He said, I'm going to offer him to come play tight end. I said, okay. Cool. And then it ended up kind of becoming a story, so it was, it was kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes with us on BYU Sports Nation. How is Eric different than Ryan in terms of uh, how they approach their offensive linemen and the style of coaching? Well, I would say um, Eric, ha- Eric Ryan's a little bit more like me in terms of personality, and I don't mean that good or bad. It just is. We're very similar in our approach. He's um, He has a sense of humor, but it comes out at, in selected moments. He's a little bit um, 
little bit more serious, probably a little bit, um, a little bit more gruff, a little bit more verbally demanding. Um, Eric, uh, I think is one who motivates a little bit more through, um, positive comments and builds confidence. And then when he does jump a kid, it has an impact because it's it's um, a little bit outside his his normal personality. He's just a really upbeat, positive guy, and so his personality is is warm and outgoing, and and one that players will relate to, and one that makes him a really natural recruiter. I think he'll do a great job for us on the recruiting trail as well because of that. So both of them are really really gifted coaches, um, just a little bit different personality wise. Gotcha. When do you expect Eric to uh, make the full transition and, and start full-time at BYU? Um, he'll be in town this afternoon. Okay, sweet. Let us know where we're going to lunch. That'll be, that'll be great. <laughs> as, as spring ball approaches, right. Jeff, uh, what are some of your goals for the offense in year two? Well, one of the things I think that we, we want to establish after having a year where we kind of um, – made some philosophical changes, not only in terms of personnel, but in terms of scheme is to really more firmly establish our identity. I think that's first. If you, if you kind of decide who you are, then it allows you to make a lot of decisions moving forward. And so we'll, we'll do that here the next couple of weeks. We've taken this past week off and a lot of us have been doing uh, professional development, either on film or going places. I went and visited with some guys at UC Davis. I think they, they're one of the top, um, offenses in FCS football right now and are doing some really cool stuff that's um, that's in line with with uh, who we are philosophically and some other guys went different places so we'll we'll get together here the next couple of weeks kind of put together those things look at our at our season in review study the cut-ups look at what we were good at what we weren't good at ask the hows and whys and through the course of all of that kind of define some of those decisions moving forward into spring in terms of identity first. And then, and then um, I think the next thing, the next step for us on offense is to go from being an offense that's, that's um, hopeful that we'll go out and score 50 points to one that expects to go out and score 50 points. I think there were times this year where we did that and, and I think they all believed that we could do that, but I don't know that it was – I don't know that we had reached that point yet where we were going to show up every Saturday expecting to hang half a hundred on somebody and and um, just have that kind of swagger walking into the stadium. And so I hope this spring will help us take another step in that direction. And then, um, you know, we've got a lot of young guys that, that will be playing key roles, and so to – to establish who not only who our starters are, but who some of those next best guys are, will will be a big part of what we do this spring as well. How will Zach Wilson's recovery from shoulder surgery impact what Jaron Hall and Joe Critchlow do on the field in spring ball? Give them a lot more snaps. They'll get they'll get plenty of opportunities. All right. I, I think it's simple enough, uh, but we know that they're looking forward to that uh, increased opportunity. Great to speak with you, Coach. And we'll talk to you next week, right? Absolutely. Same time. <laughs> same time, same place. We'll save you a spot and get okay. that chair ready. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach. Take care, guys. All Jeff, right. See you. Jeff Grimes on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Hey, great insight. Uh, the Zion Williamson story was real. Uh, he visited UC Davis recently. Interesting. 
to kind of go down to a different level where they do it uh, the way that he wants to do it. And I like what he said. We want to move from being hopeful to scoring 50 to expecting to score 50. They want the swagger of putting up serious points. Yeah, and I'm telling you, this is good for Jaron Hall. Good for Jaron Hall, who's the incumbent backup. I'm not sure how open kind of the the QB depth chart is there. Like, is it up for grabs? Um, Is I assume Zach's the starter, right? That would make sense. But as the backup, is that open? Or is Jaron the guy unless Joe beats him out? You know, we'll see. But uh, spring ball will be compelling, really. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the percentage of snaps that Jaron and Joe get. I would imagine that Jaron would get a few more if he is indeed the second-string quarterback. If he's the two, he's... Now in the one spot. Yeah, sure. And, yeah, sure. We'll see. It'll be it'll be an intriguing spring football. With and he's Zach playing baseball up. and not going to miss any football practice apparently. There you go. Kalen, so lots of story. Great stuff but, with Jeff. But, but the main thing is, will BYU be ready for the Utes? Countdown to the Utes. Uh, wouldn't it be something to hang around fifty on the Utes? <laughs> I would love hanging one more point than Utah. It doesn't matter. I don't seriously. Yeah, win three to two for all I care. Yeah, yeah. One nothing's not possible. Coming up, and one picks didn't go well last night, but there's always tomorrow. Yes, a fresh batch of picks and a recap of our last night's misses. This is BYU Sports Nation. Well, now you know. Tomorrow afternoon, BYU Men's Hoops goes for the Southern California Sweep at LMU. Listen to pregame coverage on BYU Radio at 3 Eastern. Uh, I'm excited to fill in for uh, Jason uh, tomorrow. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, on a Friday. Party's here on the west side. We're kind of on the east side of town, though. So I'm always confused by that. West side of the U.S.? Yeah, man. Yeah. That's what we're going for. Mm -hmm. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Men's Basketball. Feeling good after winning in San Diego. It took a chartered plane from San Diego to L.A. late last night. It's the good life. <laughs> 88-82 victorious over the Toreros. T.J. Haas scored a career-high 35 points, including this to tie the game at 75. 73-72, 40 seconds to play. Who's got it, T.J.? T.J. gets a screen by Yo. Elbow jumper. Got it, T.J. Haas! BYU's in front. Got to get a stop. 74-73. And by tied at 75, I mean take the lead at 74-73. First game this season, BYU won a game in which it trailed with five minutes left. Cougars play against LMU tomorrow at 4 Eastern. After a football scoop report Wednesday, BYU officially announces Eric Mateos as the new offensive line coach. Mateos spent the last two seasons at Texas State as the offensive line coach. LSU is the tight ends coach midway through that season. Uh, and Arkansas, 2013 through 15. So two stints in the SEC, and then he was uh, his own guy at Texas State. Eighth-ranked BYU men's volleyball back on track after sweeping Concordia. Interesting first set, 32-30. A lot of extra points there. Then they took control, 25-18, 25-13 in the Smithfield house. The Cougars' first match back home after six consecutive matches on the road. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez totaled 14 kills. He's gone double figures in that category for five consecutive matches. Cougars host number 14 USC tomorrow, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, live on BYU TV with Jerem Jordan, Steve Vale, and Lauren McClain. It was great to be back in the field house. It's like a second home. Love it. 
My first home is here. My second is Smithfield House, and my third is my actual home. Oh. The number 20 Jim Cats host number 10 Boise State in the Smithfield House tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. The Broncos are the seventh-ranked beam team. Is that in the Marriott Center or the Smithfield, Smithfield House? Smithfield House, my oh, friend. Oh, even though the Marriott Center is unoccupied this weekend. The beam fence for Boise State is legit, my friend. The beam fence. <laughs> It's time to recap our and one picks for the San Diego game and look ahead to LMU. Here we go. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Two picks. The first is worth two points if we get that one right. Like an and one in basketball, we can pick up the extra point with our second pick. Going into last night, I led Jerem 18-15. Jerem, recap first. Until last night, my two-pointer. San Diego will shoot under 49% in the second half. Nope, missed it. Uh, yeah, San Diego has been shooting 52% in second half. They shot 56.5%. They shot 56.5% and still me? lost. Wow. And my and one. And what? Nick Emery will make multiple threes. No. Uh, Nick went one for two. Nick, shoot more threes. Eat more chicken. Oh, the one he hit was big yes, time, though. Yes, but I wasn't asking Woo! for one. I was asking for... Two. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. All right, my two-pointer. Not much better. First team to 65 points will win the game. San Diego took a 67-62 lead. BYU was on the comeback trail, and I thought, oh, maybe. Maybe, but who's going to win this game? BYU didn't get to 67, and they still won the game. And won. BYU will make more three-pointers than San Diego. Swish! Yeah, I got it right, but it doesn't count because I didn't get no. my two-pointer right. Yeah. The Cougars hit a season-high 11 three-pointers. San Diego made like five three-pointers, I felt like, in the first two minutes. But BYU still outshot them overall from the three-point line. That's what I saw on the Twitter while I called the game. I was like, oh, there are a lot of threes being made. Okay, LMU picks my two-pointer. LMU will score in the 60s. They scored 49 in Provo. They will score between 60 and 69 points exactly. Okay. okay. And my and one. Give me some of that. And yep. one. Haas and Childs will combine for at least 35. Now, this doesn't seem like a brash pick, right? They combined for 15 in the first matchup with LMU. LMU played great defense on those two, forced Gavin Baxter and Nick Emery to win the game, and those guys did. Gavin didn't score last night. Nick scored eight So against San Diego. So uh, your boys will have to combine for at least the amount that TGI scored by himself last night. All right, Jerem. <laughs> We're going head-to-head on our two-pointer. Oh, we are? LMU will oh! not score in the 60s. And one. Gavin Baxter will score eight points or more. Double his average. He had yeah, 25 he's... against LMU in the yeah. first game. Crazy. On the road, he's been a lot more tentative. He averages 4.1 points per game in the season. Right. But he's a different player on the road. I think that he will have an impact, and go double his average against LMU. Okay. Those are your and one picks. Go. Coming down to the wire, we have uh, five, four regular season games. A couple in Vegas, hopefully. And yeah. Then, uh, and then like six in the NIT. Four. One minimum. <laughs> let's, let's hope multiple at least. <laughs> I like going head-to-head, too, because that guarantees somebody will at least score. Yeah. And we went, on, we went head-to-head on the, the and one pick last time, and it didn't really pan out that way. We have to get the two-pointer. Got to get the two-pointer. So yeah. we're going head-to-head in the two-pointer. It's going to be a lot of separation, or it's going to get closer. Let's go, man. <laughs> Question of the day. What impressed you the most about BYU's win over San Diego last night? Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. At Twiggy or Stone, chiming in, Jerem. 
He's one of the friends of the program, longtime friend of the program. What does he have to say, Spencer? <laughs> I'm waiting for Twiggy or Stone to have his tweet put in the How script. How about we bring that up later? <laughs> Coming up, today is the baseball season opener against Northwestern. You're rocking the bad catch, Jersey. That I am. This is a tough challenge. Northwestern is a really good team. Jason Shepard on the call in Mesa, Arizona. Can't wait, man. Let's go. Next, BYU Hockey in the house. Captain Ashton Shimbiashi is in studio. How did the Ice Cats celebrate winning their Mountain West Championship last week? We'll ask as BYU Sports Nation. Oh, that old-timey hacky. Hey, the Twiggy or Stone tweets in there. BYU Sports Camps provide youth with opportunities to build confidence, develop courage, learn sportsmanship, and make lifelong friends, all while improving the skills needed for their favorite sport. Athletes will benefit from learning directly from BYU coaches and players what it takes to compete at the highest levels. BYUSportsCamps.com has all the information regarding dates, meals, recreation, housing, and other camp details. Get your athlete registered today by visiting BYUSportsCamps.com. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number eight, BYU men's volleyball snapped a four-game losing streak last night against Concordia Irvine, now hosts 14th-ranked USC. Tomorrow night, the men of Troy in the house, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Friday with our question of the day. What impressed you the most about BYU's win over San Diego? At Twiggy or Stone, as promised, tweets in the following. Completing the comeback on the road. In past years, I have seen BYU cut the lead down to single digits, but never actually close the gap all the way. Nice to see them complete it despite the struggles. Hashtag BYUSN. That's great. Uh, down 14, uh, able to make that comeback on the road against a quality team. San Diego's quality team in the league. Previous high in terms of a comeback was seven points, and that was at home against Utah Valley in the that first game the, of the that season. That was the largest comeback of the season? Yes, seven? Seven. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Even more impressive. Join the conversation 24-7, hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now in Studio B is BYU hockey captain, Mountain West champion, Ashton Shimbash. Ashton, welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I'm rocking the sweater for yeah, you guys. I was going to say, I love the sweater. Thank That's you. nice. And thank you for the sweater. Yeah. Uh, Spencer wore his recently as well. well. I wore mine on Monday because okay. you had just won the champs. Thank the champs. you. We appreciate it. That's the champs fun. are here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the season been like? This has been a banner year yeah. for BYU hockey. Yeah. It's been uh it's really been a breakthrough year. We've never quite had a year like this, at least since I've been here and I've, uh, I've been here for a while. So it's been good to cap it off with a Wasatch, you know, championship and then the Mountain West conference championship. It's been really good so far. So why the change this season? Uh, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, credit to the people who came before as well. There's been a lot of work that's gone into it, you know, coming up to this. Um, and then just kind of, the, the culture in the, the locker room is extremely different. You know, we've really had a, you know, emphasis in the culture, and then we've been able to kind of deepen our lineup, and so it's just been really good so far. How do you find good hockey players at BYU? Because you want, you want to kind of say, yeah, come yeah. to BYU and play hockey, but ultimately the club sports, the main point is to gather people that yeah. are here and then form a good team, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's been one of the kind of the challenges with BYU hockey. So I mean, we we do it a couple of ways. Obviously, there are some you know hockey players in Utah and around that are LDS and who like to come to the school. So we we you know we look for those as well, um, and then we we recruit as well. So we have a pretty like good waiver program that allows players to kind of come to the school, play with the team, and then work in, 
into getting into the school. And so we do a lot of that as well. And then we really sell them on the culture. We bring them to our locker room. We let them meet the guys and, you know, they just love it. It's, it's a really unique team and, you know, people just love that. So what Playing was your Olympic yeah. venue? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Olympic well. venue is really nice. We have one of the best venues, I think probably in the nation when it comes to our, the ACHA hockey program. So yeah. Dominic Hasek skated right here. There like, we go. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with us. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, right? And the crowds are showing up. Yeah. Yeah. I, the crowds are. I went a few weeks ago against Colorado and I was shocked at how many people were there. It yeah. was incredible and it was fun and it was a great game. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. The crowds have been really great this year. Um, yeah. I think we're pulling on average probably a thousand. We get a couple thousand on our big game. So yeah, it's been really fun. What was your road to BYU like? <laughs> uh, it's uh, I mean, like I so I come from Canada, small town in southern Alberta. So I had a cousin who played on the team. That's how I first was introduced to it. And he's like, "Hey, like, what are you doing after high school?" And I was like, eh, "I don't, I don't really know." He's like, "Have you ever thought about going to play at BYU?" And I was like, "Not, not really." And he's like, "Well, you should." And then so I kind of looked into it. Coach contacted me, and you know, I've never played with another you know member of the church, and so it was kind of a, a cool draw. And then just kind of ended up here, and I've. Been here since. That's awesome. Yeah. You're the leading goal scorer. Uh, you have the most points, most power play goals. Why has this season been so successful for you? I, I have to give credit to my line mates. Um, and then just kind of the depth of the team. It's been, I think most people in my position probably would have been able to get as many points as I had. So. Would Chris Udall have scored as many goals had he been in your position? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah, maybe, probably more actually. So. Yeah. He would have had yeah. 50 <laughs> points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tonight marks the regular season finale, senior night. You play Weber State at, uh, at home. Ice Arena. The yeah. Wildcats, uh, you know, they're a formidable challenge. Yeah. What do you anticipate the emotions would be like tonight against Weber? I think it'll be it'll be a good game. We actually haven't beaten them in regular um, regular time this year, and so I think our team is kind of looking to you know set it straight and uh, kind of finish off the year strong and for the fans and for our team. Yet you've clinched kind of your playoff mm-hmm. position. Yep, um, you're, you're going to go to Tempe on March first. You're going to play Grand Canyon, who's yeah. from the area. Um, what will it take to to be your best in that regional? Yeah, I think kind of going along with uh, the Weber game, I think we just got to continue what we've built off of. We just had a great, you know, championship game, and now we just got to build off of that and make sure our intensity is there. And you know, we just continue that until we get to Tempe. What is life like as a club sport student athlete at BYU? That's a good question. Um, so it's it's different. You know, we're not NCAA, so we're not getting scholarships. We have to pay to play. Um, so there's a little bit of a, you know, a sacrifice there. And, you know, we're, we don't get all of the, I guess, like kind of the, the NCAA support system. But it, it's fun. It's really good. There's some unique um, balances as well. Not being NCAA does have certain advantages with different regulations and things like that. So it's been it's been an interesting you know journey at BYU as a as a club athlete. But it's been it's been really good. Hockey's an expensive sport, mm-hmm. so I would imagine being a club sport and with it being expensive and equipment and whatnot, you, you can subsidize somehow. How, how does that all work? Oh, it's just it's just expensive. You use equipment for a long time, and uh, you you find you find good deals. So yeah, hope your stick doesn't. Break. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's good, the key there. So yeah, exactly. Oh, it's yeah. impressive. It's a yeah. very impressive. Well, take a moment if you want. You can look into this camera right over here, um, and, and and sell the people on why they should come to the game yeah. if they're close, or watch on uh, YouTube. You okay, yeah, broadcast game. Well, uh, hockey is the fastest sport in the world. It's um, it's an incredibly fun, high action. You're going to see, you know, physicality. You're going to see a lot of hits. I probably can't say you're going to see fights on camera, but <laughs> never, you never know. Hopefully, there's not. Um, it's it's just an incredible game. Uh, the atmosphere is incredible. You're going to have a lot of fun. And hey, I met my wife there, so oh, there's a good chance wow. you go. 
You nope. never know. You never know what's going to happen. No guarantees, so. but day yeah. after Valentine's Day, you met Mrs. Yeah. Shimbashi <laughs> at a hockey match. I did. I did. Yeah, isn't that incredible? And yes. you know what? Actually, speaking of which, I don't know what it's called now, but it used to be called the Bachelor in Provo. If I'm not mistaken, they're going to be there this game. They so. were. At, they were. At, he was at the men's volleyball match. Was he? Yes. Okay. Well, and, he's he's coming to the hockey were game. Taking pictures so. with him, yeah. and I was like, "Who's that?" And they're like, "The Bachelor <laughs> Provo." I'm like, "Oh, I've heard of that guy." Yeah, yeah. I, I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. So hey. Yeah, that was, that. that was me with the Backstreet Boys in the 90s. Oh, what? What is this? I secretly love it. Oh, I happily yeah. uh, embraced yeah. the Backstreet going to, Boys. What are you going to tomorrow I'm night I'm going Vegas? to watch the Backstreet Boys in, in Las in Vegas, Vegas tomorrow night. Yeah. Happy Valentine's That's Day, incredible. Brittany. There we go. We well, would that, love for you to sign our uh, Sailor Coog flag, and yeah. let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go and perform well against Weber State tonight. Absolutely. All right, thank you, yeah. Go crush them. We're excited to watch it. Right. If you, and if you're not local and you want to watch, you can sign it. Sign right now? Yeah. Uh, if you're not local but you want to check it out, they have a, a YouTube broadcast. BYU Hockey on Twitter, you can get the link there. BYU Hockey on YouTube, I think is the name. Yeah, awesome. Go to the hockey match, meet go, your wife. Go see the hockey. Coming up, what Cougars are in action with the AAF this weekend? And Mike, we're turning back the clock on Seriously. the links. Let's go. The whip is Canadian. next. That's right. He is a Canadian. Mike Canadian. Weir. It's yeah. a Canadian. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Oh, Alexa Canada. Gray. Jordan Gretzky. We know like five Canadians. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. All these, all our friends. <laughs> Shout out to today's guest, BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes on the football side and Ashton Shimbashi, captain for the Mountain West champion BYU hockey team. They have their okay. senior night final home match against Weber State tonight. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Let's whip it. Whoops! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Despite trailing by 14 points, BYU beat San Diego 88-82 in overtime thanks to a career-high 35 points from TJ Haas. The only child's. 27 points and 12 rebounds. Cougars play at LMU tomorrow, pregame on BYU Radio at 3 Eastern. Football. Eric Mateos officially announced by BYU as the new offensive line coach. If you want to hear what he's about, listen to that interview with Jeff Grimes. In the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, Jordan Leslie, Tanner Baldery, Tuni Kanuch, Hanson Tanielu, and Micah Hanneman, all former BYU guys, for the Salt Lake Stallions play Birmingham at 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, live on TNT. Volleyball. Is Charles Barkley going to be on the call? Number eight, BYU men's volleyball swept Concordia. Snap a four-game losing streak last night. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, Davide Gardini had 14 kills each. Cougars host number 14, USC, tomorrow, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Gymnastics. 20th-ranked BYU hosting 10th-ranked Boise State in a clash of the powers within the Mountain Room Gymnastics Conference. Smithfield House tonight, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. Women's basketball. The ladies hung on to beat Portland 70-69, got a stop on the last play of the game defensively. Brenna Chase scored a season-high 24, made seven threes in the Child Center. BYU plays number 13 Gonzaga, where BYU is yet to win as a member of the West Coast Conference. In Spokane, 5 Eastern on the W.TV. Maybe tomorrow's the day. Baseball. Yes, it's a baseball game day. Hey! The Batcats begin their season against Northwestern at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain in Arizona. Cougars pick to finish 6th in the West Coast Conference preseason poll. You can listen to the game live on BYU Radio. That's right. Hockey. Oh, the Cougars host Weber State tonight, 9 Eastern time at Beaks Ice Arena. Softball. 
BYU plays tonight in the Rebel Classic in Henderson, Nevada against UC Davis, 7.30 Eastern. They'll follow that up with the match against Georgetown essentially two hours after. Track and field. BYU has nine athletes at the Alex. Don't call me Zach Wilson Invitational in Notre Dame. Uh, and Whitney Orton will compete in the Last Chance Elite Meet in Seattle. That's not a social event, by the way. These will be the last meets of the regular indoor track season for the Cougars before conference championship. Golf. Mike Weir shot six under par. He's tied for 12th on okay. the Lecom Suncoast Classic, part of the Web.com Tour. He tees off for round two today in about five minutes. Daniel Summer, he shot three over yesterday. He's currently two under on the day and is in 100th place. Now, wait a minute. Tennis. That's Cougars in the PGA. It's the Web.com Next. Tour. Yeah, oh, okay. Right. So it's okay. The, okay, okay. So we don't for I, Web.com? Typically. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, okay, I think cool. so. The men's team hosts number 75, New Mexico, because rankings in tennis are awesome. I love it. Today at 1 Eastern and UC Irvine at 730 Eastern. What's BYU rank? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> rugby. The Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby face the San Diego Legion this weekend. Former Cougars Matt Jensen, Arawa Elkington, Josh Whippy, Jackson Kaka, and Josh Anderson, not to mention Joseph Nichols, are in the 23. That's a whole lot of BYU dudes. Yeah, there's eight total on that team. How about them? I love it. Today's rise and shout goes to the Grimes clan for man days. <laughs> I want to give it to TJ Haas and Yoli Childs, man. What a Do it. on the road. Yes. Men's volleyball snaps the streak. Women's volleyball. Brandon Chase. There were a, a lot of great performances. 62 of the 88 points BYU scored last night. Not bad. Two yeah. stars. Every single year in the West Coast Conference, BYU's had two players on the all-West Coast Conference first team. Of mm. ten players. It's not five. It's ten. But every year, BYU's had at least two. And Dave Rose makes sure that there are two studs in his uh, stable every year. I want to give a shout-out to Luke Worthington as well. Lucas Worthington. Luke made some critical hustle plays last night. Yeah. That really helped BYU carry that momentum. He also had a bloody nose after catching an elbow in the nose and still played and made those critical hustle plays, offensive rebounds, saving the ball as it goes out of bounds, getting a layup inside and a critical point. Like, he did some big things for BYU last night. And wow. uh, good, good luck to baseball tonight. Season opener. Let's go. Question of the day. What impressed you the most about BYU's win over San Diego at DSTOT50 answers? Loved how BYU fought back on the boards. Loved seeing the won't quit mentality. I think it shows a maturity and want to that BYU basketball has lacked in recent years. Now, we felt like this team wasn't that team earlier in the year. So I'm telling you, acknowledge and appreciate the development of this team from non-con into conference. It's been awesome. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years from at Brad underscore Tufts. He uses two words, TJ's grit. I thought that was exclusive to Riley Nelson. Wait, wait what? How about TJ's awesomeness? Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Marty Haas. And Tyler Haas. I thought you said Marty Gras. I was like, really? Oh. Wow, okay. Marty Haas. Marty Haas Marty. greater than Marty Gras. <laughs> 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 Go, Go Cougs. Tonight. Enjoy your weekend.